In this episode, Ryan and I blow up the online financial entertainers. Some of them have crept into the infinite banking footprint. And there's a lot of them, so we had to break this up in two parts. We had fun. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. And I'm your co-host, Ryan Griggs. Beautiful Saturday morning, 20 miles south of Fort Worth, deep underground, hiding from the state expansion, coronavirus, and... Contact tracers. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's why you have your iPhone, right? Because you're going to avoid the, tra- the tracking. <laughs> <laughs> we pay for our own demise. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, what's going on this morning, Mr. Griggs? Yeah, so I'm driving down here and with my little dog, Lucy. Lucy. Trying to her. think of, you know, what we want to cover today. And uh, so I go on YouTube. You know, oh, my God. First mistake, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it depends on what you were listening to. Well, look, I don't want to be redundant. You know, I don't. Perfect. I, very self-critical. Don't want to be repetitive. Want these to be of continuing, improving value to people. And Thank you. And um, so I, I'm hesitant about repeating ourselves. And I said, I feel like sometimes we cover the same kind of things a lot, but hopefully add different layers or come from a different perspective to provide a more fuller picture. But um, I'm a little apprehensive. You hear the, t- so I, but you, you go on YouTube, you see the terminology velocity banking, uh, the debt snowball, cash flow uh, banking, 1090, uh, turnkey real estate. Yeah. He locks first position, second position. I'm like the the buzzwords, anything the noise. but infinite banking concept trademarked by R. Nelson Nash. And the you know NNI these people Institute. who make these videos couldn't mouth the words Nelson Nash if it was written in front of them. What? They don't give him any credit anywhere. Yeah. What about all the books that are out there? Yes, all the books. So and why don't you order them? I mean, you're going on to YouTube. I mean, you listen, listen, listen. You did it. You went to YouTube. Right? Uh, you know, well, so, this, <laughs> so that's the next part of it is like, I don't want to be re- repetitive, but then I see what's out there and it's like, okay, we, we're the only ones talking about what, you know, 1090 doesn't appear anywhere in becoming your own banker. And it's like, what, what do we want to do? Do we want to do the infinite banking process or the infinite banking system? You know, or you know, are, are the latest spin on h- how to modify the terminology to make it seem? Do we want to do that, or do we want to do what Nelson taught? I don't know. Listen, I have I see a lot. And I, I mean, I come across, uh, and I don't go look for it. Right? I barely listen to our episodes. Yeah. Right. I'm. And it's. I'm not coming from a place that I know everything. I do not have the arrival syndrome. I do not. I'm a student. I've been a lifelong student, and I'm going to continue to be a student. Okay, so I'm not coming from a place of uh, arrogance or even personal um, attacks on people. But if the idea that you're that you're getting to, um, which is prevalent, and I mean it's out there. There's no question. You can't hardly avoid it. As a matter of fact, you know, yeah, I don't listen to ours. I sure am not going to go seek out somebody else's misconception of the infinite banking concept promoted because you know how to build a click funnel or commission a work, commission a book or ghost write a book and, you know, rehash everything that's been out there for 10 years and present it like you, you know, dreamt of this and, but be sure and cut Nelson's name out every possible way. So I'm not going to go listen to that kind of stuff. However, 
um, if, if I get stalked by that, you have to get stalked by that. And if you search the infinite banking concept, you get stalked by it too. Because, you know, how do you get uh, 200,000 views or 18,000 views on a 15-minute video that's not really saying anything <laughs> unless you purchase those views? Yeah, that's what's going on out there. Ugh. They're buying views. And they're buying these comments that are written by people who couldn't pass fifth grade. Now, their fanboys are going to stalk you. You know, that's okay. <laughs> because the, the people that we get, in fact, I wrote, I wrote down uh, Keith and Linda as examples, mm -hmm. right? Just little angels who have descended from heaven and blessed me with their business. I mean, it's like it, it, those kinds of people, it, it, I, I would much rather turn away and select away from the sort of people who are attracted to the 1090 stuff. Yeah. And quickly. If, if, rapidly. Yeah. And then the, the ones who want to do what Nelson taught. But that's not only, can, it's not just a 1090 business. thing, it's a universal lie. You know, we've talked on and on about universal life, the latest version, index universal life. It's like, well, why can't you do this? Well, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? And, and, and the same people that promote 1090 are the same people that promote HELOCs or the same people that promote IUL. You can do, and you actually can bank with anything, there's no question. But when it comes to life insurance, uh, universal life is not like dividend paying whole life. And that argument is about as old as the 80s because that's when universal life came out. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just saying that the, the, the field is prevalent with noise and 1090s, just one version of a noise, universal life, all those other things. And, and, and I love the, let me get a spreadsheet together an Excel ninja and show you how you can make a 37% ready return. And listen, like who was it? Uh, Barnum, P.T. Barnum, mm. that there's a sucker born every minute. Mm. There's a reason that this resonates with people. The 1090, mm. the universal life, the reason. Why, why will people put, that, put their money in there, right? When they don't fully understand, not that you have to be a life insurance expert, but when you don't fully understand what's gonna happen to a universal life, and the guy selling and promoting the universal life doesn't know either. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that looks like a recipe for success right there. <laughs> you know, the blind leading the blind. So why do you... Well, this is what's... Why did you listen to this on the way down again? <laughs> What happened? Oh, you have a... In my formerly nicotine-stained hands, if I could take that commentary from someone. Yeah, I don't want to interrupt you yet. Well, the, the reason is because, I, like I said, I want to make sure we're not repeating ourselves, and I want to be addressing what people want to know about. And what I typically, what I find a lot is they want to... We they, There's this perception, I feel like, that the that what's wrong with 1090, that what's wrong with universal life requires some grandiose, complex explanation. Right? We have to have an article written about it. There, we, you know, there needs to be a debate or a subject. And it, I think, and then people, want, they want to, in the comments, they want to know why, what, what, what's wrong with this? What, and be specific, James. What exactly right, is yeah, wrong with 1090? What exactly is wrong with universal law? Very simple, right? It, it doesn't require a big, complex thing. Universal life is built to cannibalize itself. What? There's, it's built on annually renewable term. 
the risk of dying and the mortality costs associated with it rises exponentially and the cash account value will be drained to offset it if you keep the policy for long enough. And, and, yeah, and you will have to reduce the base amount, right? And pay a higher premium. Higher premium. And you're not going to enjoy account. a tax-free income, which all of that, you know, tax-free. The tax-free. loan provisions are 50 pages long because it's a non-guaranteed asset. Like, I, the, the, the risk I, is retained by the policy owner, the insured. The risk is, and that if you if you know what happens to universal life, and specifically, very simply, you just stated it. Yeah. Right. So that violates the very essence of insurance. I mean, think about that. I buy insurance, automobile insurance, life insurance, health insurance, whatever it is, to offset the risk. Yeah. I'm paying to offset that risk. Well. Universal life, I'm retaining the risk. James, what risk are you retaining? You know, I can't lose money. That's the way it's presented. I can't lose money. Can't lose money. Never a negative zero. These indices can't go below zero. Okay. Well, the net net account value after all the esoteric fees or charge <laughs> is, you know, that's what's allocated to an index or indices. And you've got to be a stock picker, right, to, to determine what which ones are going to perform the best in the future, but I can't go below zero. Okay, great. Don't earn any interest on your account value and have the internal cost of insurance go up every year. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So yeah, you're not losing money according to an index or an indice or series of indices, but you're not going to die with that big old honking illustrated death benefit either. No. Or the account value or the tax-free income. Yeah. James, why do the life insurance companies put that stuff out? Well, why does Wall Street put their stuff out? Because it's profitable. <laughs> How convenient, yeah. For the insurance agent got paid. Exactly. The life insurance company got paid. There's three people in the equation. And the consumer bears all the risk. What? How convenient. I, I said it before, W.C. Fields, I know you young folks probably don't know who W.C. Fields is. Just search his name, Google his name, go to YouTube, find W.C. Fields. He's talking about it comes from a book, uh, Blind Faith. Mm. Edward Winslow wrote the book years ago, talking about indices, right? And in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, indexed accounts, all right? And W.C. Phillips, one of the quotes in there says, Well, the broker got paid, the company got paid, and two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Who are they leaving out? The consumer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's Wait. universal life, and it's like, I don't know, I get frustrated about it, but... Uh, well, listen, we have a, a great, cool, very cool following that enjoys you being triggered, young man. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, because I ain't done yet. And then 1090. And the, the 1090 thing, it, it is it is fast food. And if you want to live off fast food, that's fine. But it, it, it might be advisable to eat more healthy. You know, look, if you if you compare a 1090 illustration to a 6040, because that's the only comparison that they ever talk about, right? right? Yeah. And the numbers are bigger in the early years. No question, the numbers are probably going to be bigger in the latter years. But what is, what's guaranteed in the future? The dividends are not guaranteed, right? Oh, my gosh. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. And then you got to put all those term riders on there, which I'm not opposed to, term rider, to get that premium or to get the face amount up high enough to get that PUA premium, you know, ability to pay that high PUA premium. Now... To do that construct, and and I must say, and I've said it before, if 1090 is best, 97.3 is better, and don't let anyone tell you different. That's just logic. If 1090 is good, yeah. 
Right. Let's get to 98 I'm too. I'm going to pay five cents in base premium. Listen, if I'm afraid to pay a life insurance premium, why don't you go buy a tax-free, I mean, I'm not giving investment advice. <laughs> why don't you go buy a tax-free muni bond fund, mm-hmm. right? Tax-free muni bond fund and go buy a 30-year term life insurance policy and then make sure it's not qualified, non-qualified. You don't want to do an IRA, right? You want to be a tax, you want to, oh wait, they're tax-free muni bonds. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And then take that portfolio down to your third-party lender, maybe the HELOC guy. First position, second position, <laughs> right? And and leverage that portfolio. And so you can go buy some turnkey real estate. What could go wrong with that? COVID-19 is going to destroy commercial real estate? No, of course not. All those big honking companies, that, that the life insurance companies, that have all of that money invested in commercial real estate, high-grade corporate real estate, that's not going to be affected, is it? <laughs> I'm just saying. No, because it won't be affected, James, because they have figured out that working from home is very profitable for them. The productivity goes up, and then they can isolate the non-profitable employees. So they'll offset that loss of return in commercial real estate for the most expensive thing they have, employees. I don't know. I'm just talking out loud with my young friend. (laughs) (laughs) You need the death benefit. You need a guaranteed death benefit in order to have a net present value of that death benefit that is perfectly collateralized. It has to be in whole life. And it's got to be, I love how you put it, if the, the cash value is the net present value of the death benefit, and it is, which means the cash value will equal the death benefit at age 121, then do you want a little bit of death benefit or a lot? Well, listen, I can get a, you know, a three and a half million dollar face amount so I can pay a, and I'm not being specific on any particular case, but if I'm going to structure this big old 1090 policy, I've got to buy a ton of death benefit, right? Okay. And if I use annual renewable term or any kind of decreasing term, or I, I'm purchasing that, whether it's from the PUA premium or the dividend of the PUA is buying the death benefit, you know, the cost of that term is going to go up over time. And what happens? What happens if, you know, things happen that's unexpected? I paid a big old first year premium. I've leveraged the fire out of that. So I could buy turnkey real estate as an example, <laughs> right? Because you hear it all the time, right? Um, and then, you know, something doesn't go right in the second, third, or fourth year. If you lower your premium, I'm, here's a fair question. If you lower your premium, is that going to recalculate the MEC? And if the MEC recalculates, are you ever going to be able to pay that high premium again? And the answer is yes and no. And then, oh, wait, illustrations don't matter, do they, James? Yes, of course they matter. <laughs> Nobody's illustrating what's going to happen out there in the future. Yeah. All right. That's what's happening. People, and because of the timing of the book, and then when YouTube came around, and when people started talking about this stuff online. Wait, what it's book? Been, Becoming Your Own Banker. Thank you. Because of the timing and when, when these guys started doing this and when people are purchasing their policy, what will happen is people who thought they had the ability to pay a high premium are going to discover that they don't. Well, what and if they don't? Be a, it's going to be a thing. I'm predicting it now. It, it'll be, you're going to have a lot of people who are going to be irritated, who thought they bought one thing ended up with another oh and what are the odds that the guys that the guys selling these products are going to provide the continuing service in five years in order to address those problems down the road i don't know don't leave the ladies out okay well look 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 uh you know 
if they have the ability, as far as financial ability to pay a high premium, right? And then they can't because milk recalculates or, you know, the death benefit has to come down. Well, what if they don't have the ability to pay that high premium? Isn't that the very reason you want the smallest base possible? Because I don't have the ability to pay a premium. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna offset the premium or I'm gonna let it pay for itself. Wait, what's it gonna pay for itself from when it's fully capitalized right, or fully right. collateralized, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a continuation. That thought, that thinking is a continuation of life insurance is a bad place to put money. I don't wanna pay any premium. And oh my gosh. Like this uh, is a loophole. Like we're we're getting crafty and we're taking advantage of the system or something. Yeah. And it's we don't want to, but you know, you gotta put up with it. it smells bad, but you still do it because it's a crafty thing that you heard about on YouTube. You know? <laughs> How far are we into this? Cause I love this, you know, the commentators um, depending on where you say something in an episode, you can kind of determine whether people are really listening or not. Yeah. You know, so how far are we into this? I don't know. I didn't. Oh, dang it. Right. Okay. <laughs> here's, here's one comment that you haven't seen yet. I know. So set this up though. You, you printed a comment and you refused to let me read it beforehand. I didn't refuse. So I just said I'm not going to because he comes in about halfway. He's coming in and he's like listening to YouTube. I'm like, why? And, and I get it, it's a long drive. And so, um, and I just, I like positivity, love, peace, and chicken grease, all right? Um, here's the comment that he has yet. Are you what, gonna read it? Yeah, don't okay. be looking over my shoulder. <laughs> it's appropriately redacted, and, it, and it's a comment on the spooky IBC comments, policy loans, universal life, and it's a Halloween special. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I wanna make a side note here. I've had comments it's like, James, you always sit down and say, oh, you don't have a topic, but then you, in the intro, you have a topic. We create the intro <laughs> after we've recorded the episode because literally, um, couldn't do topics. it beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 here you go. Instead of so much getting into the weeds about how other guys are designing policies wrong, et cetera, et cetera, it would be nice if there would be more, po a more, it would be nice if there would be more positive focus on what you can do with these policies to keep the money in motion and increasing wealth. There seems to be so much wasted energy on how everyone else does it wrong. Wow. Thanks for the comment, Jay. Wow. And you can move on, young man. <clears throat> I'm sure he's an agent, though. I don't know. I don't want to make too many assumptions. You know, I and I, it, it's a legitimate... It is. There's a, a little thread of legitimacy here. A little thread? A little tiny bitty one about uh, s remaining positive and not focusing on, like Nelson always used to say, you know, focus on the light. Um, but I, so I'll tell this little story. Uh, there's a very prominent uh, professor, historian, economist in the Austrian economics, libertarian oh, world. Oh, please narrow it down for us. I mean, they're all... Professors, historians, <laughs> economists, and the line. Well, I wrote blur. the article. So, Professor North. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So, wait. oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, let me recover. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so he wrote a vicious article about the people who sell whole life insurance, the infinite banking concept, Nelson in particular. Uh, oh, and this had stood for a long time. It was written in like the early 20 teens, somewhere in there. I forget exactly when. And no one had really ever responded to it. So. I get, I don't like when he mentioned Nelson by name and was like insinuating things about Nelson's character. And that, 
I so I had to I wrote a thing about it and you did like line by line and maybe we should attach it in the show notes yeah and and so Nelson uh, at first called me and said what do you you know he wanted me to take it down yeah he's like don't spend any time with that yeah you know don't focus on the dark yeah. really the next day he calls me back and said you know I reread it. I slept on it. I prayed about it. You were right. You're right. It you needed, were right. It needed to be up. It, it needed did. to be said. And so there is a line to draw with this with this person's refrain. Now he probably I don't think if you listen to the whole, it's not like we're just negative all the time. You know, we're only the longest running podcast on the infinite banking concept with the most amount of hours recorded. It's like it's and not, the least amount of purchase views, right. and the least <laughs> amount of purchase subscribers. It's, it's not like we're always <coughs> negative. But what there, else can you purchase on YouTube? I'm just I don't know. Huh? Cups, mugs. Oh yeah, Bitcoin merch. Arrays. We're gonna merch it up. We're, <laughs> give us time. We'll merch it up. But there does come a time where you've got to draw a line. Like some things need to be said. And if that comes off a certain kind of way and you're upset about it, I mean, that's, it doesn't really bother me. Um, I don't think we're negative all the time. It's a, it's a self-criticism that I'm always aware of. Um, and, you know, who else is doing this? Right. You know, in this uh, same episode, there's about... I don't know how many comments that were very positive. Great episode, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. Great episode, gentlemen. Great episode. And these are people who listen, you know, regularly and they listen thoroughly. Right. Right. So to, to your point that we're, we're not always negative. And, and let me add to this Gary North, mm. Gary, Mr. North, um, Gary, Nelson loved his writing. Yeah. Right. And I seen that article, I don't know how many humpteen years ago that Mr. North wrote, personally disparaging the character of life insurance agents mm -hmm. and anybody who promoted life insurance. So, um, and I told Nelson this and many other people and, um, you know, so obviously Gary North was judging others by his own character. Right. Um, but I asked Nelson after I read the article, I'm like, and I read it thoroughly. So I know where all the negative stuff, and that's not the most negative thing in the world on the infinite banking concept yeah. or life insurance. That's just one of them. And thank you for doing that, that article. And we're, we'll link it here. Okay. I'm like, Nelson, why in the world would you promote this guy? Mm -hmm. His reading, why would you? And he, well, James, you know, he's not wrong about everything. He just doesn't understand. He just doesn't know. And I'm like, man, you're so gracious. Yeah. I want to be just like if you, I can but I have can't. half of his level of grace by the <laughs> yeah. time I'm his age, then it'll, life will have been a success. And too, let me say this too. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I, I'm limited on what I can say sometimes out in the broad public. I feel like I limit myself on what I could say. So we're going to start um, in the future, um, not too far off into the distant future. I'm going to put a uh, the backstory on client-only access mm. so I can go deeper into things like this yeah. right <clears throat> but I had the opportunity uh, and I had my own commentary that I shared with Nelson while he was here and with others of how Gary North got to his attitude <laughs> and I can't wait to share <laughs> yeah. that is not for the public <laughs> uh, it's not <clears throat> but I, I mean I firmly believe it too yeah Okay, but well, I, I want to get back to this comment. Okay, though. wait, wait, wait. Though I had an opportunity to sit next to his son-in-law, 
Gary uh, North's son-in-law. Gary North's son-in-law. He's a cool dude. Very cool dude. Very good author. Uh, <laughs> we're sitting at the same table, and later I discovered that I was we were placed at the same table on purpose. I'm like, wow, we're two great people. And at along. an IBC event. Yeah. I, I have more stories on policemen, too. Um, but I, I'm like, I asked him. I looked right at him, and we were introducing him. Does your father-in-law know where you're at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he did say, I'm my own man. And he is his own man. Okay. So there's a couple other things in this comment. And, and this comes up a lot. You know, why don't you uh, give us examples of how to use the policies? You know, what, what are ways, I, in fact, I had a call with a client the other day who asked me what I'm doing with mine. Um, and I just wanna make sure we know what, the, what that, it's like saying, how should I use my capital? Like how, how should I, ex that's the underlying thing, because that's what we're doing in life insurance. We're building capital in the best way possible. And then how do we use the policy? Yeah. And, and what's underneath that is how do, what should I take a policy loan for and how should I spend that money? And everybody on YouTube has an answer for you <laughs> because they've got a thing, a thing to sell or a, you know, a product or a, the turnkey real estate or a, a click funnel or this or that. And everyone's a life coach. We're all wellpreneurs, right? We're going to you know, coach you through life to make you a big business success, which is a whole other thing. But I, that, you're not going to get any of that. You're not going to get any of that from me. It's like I, I don't. I don't understand the idea in the conventional financial world that somebody who doesn't know you knows what you should do with your money. What? Who came up with that? <laughs> Wall Street. Who? And we, do, do we never pause to think of it. It's like I mean, I got clients. That, uh, they build uh, 3D recreated graphic scenes for like arson investigation. Yeah, crime scene. Uh, yeah. You know, like uh, uh, salespeople for big uh, beverage distribution companies. Uh, I got a guy building a garden in his backyard because he wants to have his own food. And it's like, it would be, I think it's a, a, little, a little touch of arrogant to think that I would know or that anybody who doesn't know you would know what you should do with your money. That's not what. That's, that's not what we're doing here, right? This is about how to optimally build and accumulate and deploy and secure capital. And what happens when capital is accumulated, young man? Every all the details will work itself out. Opportunity is attracted to capital. That 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 understanding is like. I mean, it's it's so hard to advance. Yeah, the idea yeah. that capital attracts opportunity. I mean, it's like it's like you're pushing against a brick wall. I don't care if you're talking to economists or you know financial wannabes or the, so... the guy who overnight became a fiduciary. You know, it's <laughs> like I'm I'm just saying. Um, and and so why is that? And I don't know. I don't have the whole complete answer, but I know part of it is because you don't have enough capital, so opportunities are not right. being attracted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think so, it's hard for people to accept. Like, uh, like can it, is that even could that be true? You know, and it, a, a more deep problem is we don't even think in those terms. No question, we, we don't in the financial world. Capital, what what's that? No, because you know? no, because we think PC? in the terms from you know. It's like we all live in a constructed paradigm. 
um, and just open your eyes. There, we're using the we're using the language of this corporatized, politically friendly industry. Yes, and we don't even know it. Exactly. There's no uh, uh, profit to Wall Street bankers, brokers, um, financial gurus for you to control your own financial economy. I mean, so there's no incentive, yep. you know, for Wall Street to say, hey, why don't you just accumulate capital? Here's the best way for you to accumulate capital for you and your benefits, you know, other than it's like, oh, here's the greatest product. You know, here's the opportunity. We created this opportunity and we're going to attract your capital so we can control it. And then we're going to drive it to zero and sell it and profitize off of that and the bankruptcy. And we're going to, you know, I mean, what I mean by that. Like you put your money over here in this opportunity and we're going to manage it for a fee. Yep. Right. And then we're going to all these private deals or whatever the kind of deal there is. And then we're going to manipulate the market, drive it to zero and buy it back from you and then resell it again. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh, 6,000 years of recorded history. And we're surprised. Yeah. At what goes on in the big wide world? Nothing new. Uh, nothing, nothing new. new. I, I went into this with a, a very cool client. I hope this works out. I've talked to the a restaurant guy. Very cool. I mean, young, 30, and doing very well. Uh, meat distribution warehouse, <clears throat> one restaurant, profitable restaurant, opening another one during a restaurant shutdown. <laughs> I'm like, and we, I had to have this conversation with him. I'm like, we're not even going to get what we need done here. Like, do you, you realize you're, you're running a profitable business when that kind of business is supposed to be locked down? Do you think things are going to get better or worse? It's like, so your need for finance is only going to go one direction. And so we have that whole process. And um, it was, it's the kind of client interaction that you get when people who, who, are, who don't think that we're negative all the time. You know? That actually read? That, yeah. That actually pay attention to what you say and what yeah. you write? Get past all the smoke and mirrors of the 37% rate of return. Yeah, and he's a great example. Like, what can you do? Like, I know, I, I worked in restaurants five years through college. I, I know virtually nothing about inventory management for food distribution, you know? And, and to think that I'm going to tell that guy how he should go invest, it's like, no, you've already figured it out. I, I have comments for that young man, and I can't wait to meet you. Is like open one close to Fort Worth. I'm saying I'm gonna go eat at his restaurants. I love that uh, yeah. cuisine. Okay. And then here's the next part of this. Uh, folk, it would be nice if you focused on what you can do with policies, quote, to keep the money in motion and increasing wealth. <clears throat> People throw that word around a lot wealth, increasing wealth. Wealth is goods and services. To increase goods and services. I'm not, you mean more? You want more stuff? Is well, that, that what we're saying? <clears throat> that That is a is a continuation of the thinking that, that exists in the infinite banking world. That it's like every dime in cash value you have should be collateralized, right? To keep the money in motion. Like you make money because you move money from here to here. All of a sudden money's made then they equate it to and i'm not saying this guy but you know you just keep kicking around the infinite banking concept and they're gonna tell you how banks make money well no kidding how banks make money does that mean you're a bank and you can print money out of thin air i mean oh my gosh there's some really really good presentations out there but it doesn't mean because the presentation is good 
that it's factual or will benefit you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the idea that I have to keep money, I have to keep my policy cash values collateralized is a fallacy. I had the same guy I was talking about, the restaurant guy. We had, we, we went through that too uh, about, and I got this from you. It's different people depending on where they are in their income generating life cycle, which is, relates a lot to their age, right? As you get older, you're going to make more. And as you ap- approach the golden years, different people will have a different comfort level with how much oh of their cash God. value they want collateralized, right? And like Nelson would say privately, I don't know that this is, he said it publicly anywhere, but he definitely, I have heard him say, when you get to quote unquote retirement, when you get to the, your passive later income. years, passive income, yeah. time, you want all your powder dry. No question. Cash value totally uncollateralized. <clears throat> no question. So you don't want to go into quote unquote retirement with a bunch of out with a bunch of outstanding loans. And half of these models that are, you know, models that are projected and presented have it, it's the internal growth model, right? And so and that's just applied to outstanding loans. You put money in, you collateralize as much as possible, and you let those loans out remain outstanding forever. Mm-hmm. And you know, can that work? Yeah, theoretically it can work, but um, it could also go very wrong, very wrong. Right. And I learned, I think I was, uh, it was about 2008 to be exact, um, and I've said this elsewhere, but we had a lot of things going on, been practicing the infinite banking concept for about five years at the time, had a lot of outstanding loans, <clears throat> automobile, debt, medical, dental, uh, remodel, um, real estate expenses and the market corrects Mm. what, you know, shock of shocks, but all of a sudden, you know, with more than 90% of your capital collateralized, it got my attention, Mm. you know, and I think it was a, I really believe that personally that it was a lesson that I should have learned and I learned, I paid attention all of a sudden overnight, immediately Mm. I got uncomfortable with 90% of my cash values outstanding in loans. Mm. Right. And I mean, that was a lesson that I learned, I heard, I paid attention to it. So immediately, and of course, you know, being in the financial world, when the market cracks, I mean, I didn't lose any money. I didn't lose, I mean, to speak of, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't lose clients. Our clients leave us because they've graduated, right? And we'll see them on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it did put a hiccup in business. You know, it's like people said, wait, no, I don't know. What do we do? Mm. Um and so after that, you know, I set about focusing on loan repayments, mm. right? Because I wasn't comfortable. It's like the sleep number, you know, the bed with the sleep number. Everybody has a different number mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So as, I, as we paid down the loans, you know, and things, uh, the world didn't end, right? And things actually did improve and got better. You're, you realize all of a sudden it's like, well, that could have been premium, PUA premium payment. Instead of a loan repayment, I, 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 the banker, I get to choose mm-hmm. what I want to do and how I want to do it, right? Yeah. So, and it doesn't mean that I have to have all of the cash values collateralized. Mm-hmm. All right? So, I'm just saying that um, the idea of the growth model, you know, that 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 financial theory that everything has to, you know, go up and the same with a loan. You put it in, you pay the premium, you collateralize it, and never address the loan again. It's ridiculous. And 
Let me tell you what, the infinite banking concept footprint, all you agents that promote all that kind of stuff, and all you advisors that promote all that kind of stuff, you're just like the life insurance industry. You're going to get the black eye that you've earned and deserved. Yeah. My opinion. Well, so, that's like I'm saying with the 1090 stuff. It's that these people are going to discover what they bought two, three, four, five years ago, and they're mm-hmm. going to, you know, they have to go back through the new policy purchase process again. Yeah. But then the last line on this, there seems to be so much wasted energy. I'll tell you what, it's not wasted because the people who end up getting in touch with us are very often thankful that they've heard a different perspective than the reigning paradigm. And, you know, I, I, I was mentioning to you before the show, like, I don't even like the, the, the style of this like, breathless airy oh it's such a great day i'm having i'm so i'm so excited let's to collaborate i'm so happy it's like calm down you know are you really you know and 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 i do get you because the stuff that we i think the stuff that we talk about is like crucial and important you know the dominant prevailing financial strategy is based upon the planning for failure like the so long as we have a fractional reserve banking system, which we do, banks lend money that don't exist, and that's evil, right? As Nelson said, uh, so long as that is the case, so long as we have the Federal Reserve, so long as we have a, a fractional reserve banking system, we will have the business cycle. There will be market corrections. Boom bust. There will be recessions and depressions. It, it, it's and I'm working on an article right now with Bob Murphy about how you can see it before it happens by looking at the money a, a proper analysis of the money supply and it, it, it will continue and so when you've got when, when the financial strategy that's marketed to individuals is built upon that it, th- you, you are planning for failure Right and by default but just because you don't understand the business cycle theory right I mean and that <laughs> is frustrating, you know? And why am oh, I the only one, or why are we the only ones on YouTube getting triggered about it? If, if there's something to be Because we're about, mean people, Mr. <laughs> Griggs, we're mean people. <laughs> it's like that's, but that, I mean, I almost don't get it. It's like, of course I am get triggered and frustrated. Why wouldn't you? People are getting taken advantage of left and right. And then what happens when people discover this, they watch the podcast, they read the book, they want to they hear what Nelson taught. They can't, you can't pay enough premium. I go through the we have like a, a sort of standard conversation, like certain information that has to be conveyed to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once we get and just like Nelson said and everything in my business is built around this. If you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. And I don't sell anything. I just tell people what's going on. And why and how it works and everything else they then provide it's like oh well here's my medical record what do i gotta do yeah and like can i pay more james no this is a correct place for you to start and that's really where the then that's i've had to learn that is this is where we're beginning and we're going to get there uh same guy restaurant guy you know we're talking about just building the policy to accept his margin. You won't is, be able to get it past the underwriting. We won't. We run into the uh, maximum premium limit on these contracts. And so what you don't know or may not know is the amount of time that has to be spent with um, underwriters and life insurance companies. I know we make it look easy. Thank you. Um, but they have to be educated too. 
and and they have their own guidelines. You know, we use Western medicine God, for underwriting. Um, the truer words have not been spoken. Yeah, you know, if it was all love, peace, and chicken grease, you know, in the life insurance industry, um, you wouldn't need a life insurance agent or an advisor. Well, then you get these guys who say, well, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an expert in the field because I used to work at the home office. Oh! And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I'm an actuary. That is not a credential. <laughs> that, I'm like, I'm sorry to hear that, you know? Um, uh, some of the, the we got home office people that are great and we, I love my home office people. Yeah, peace. But uh, the idea that because you worked at a home office, you know something about the infinite banking concept or how to design a life insurance contract. I like it. That's quite often when they're like, <laughs> that's cute. You know, the companies that that I prefer and I own, um, they know who Nelson Nash was. You know, and it's I, I won't. That'll be for, uh, you know, a client-only access, you know, uh, the backstory. I've said that, but I've said that before. When Nelson passed and we went to his funeral on, like, two days' notice, there was one executive from one, one company one. who went. One. And if you're my client, you probably own that you company. You know who it is. Yep. <clears throat> okay, so, and, and look, another comment before you get to that one, which is, this is a favorite comment of the day that's coming up. Um, that's you know, a positive one. <laughs> I get a lot of comments, or quite often, um, it's like you know, y'all. You're alluding to this client-only access. You're alluding to Where is this paper. <laughs> you're alluding to these things into the future. It's like we're excited and we want to deliver these things, but then you know we're all constrained by time. Um, but it's happening. You know, it's happening. So just stay with us. Be excited. Be positive. <laughs> okay. So positive comment from the episode on where banks lend money that doesn't exist. Same same episode, right? Is it was it the same episode? Uh, no, uh, different episode. Oh, okay. Uh, what you mean we have more than one? Yeah. And he says, she, he, they, somebody says this. So very glad that when we first started talking with James and asking about a ninety ten split, he took the time to explain how this was not the best option for my family. Life lessons helped us to realize that things that seem too good to be true i.e. 9010, usually are not in your best interest. Thank you, James, for being a teacher and a friend. Thank you, Tim and Lori. Peace. I love you. I'm just saying that um, we're all constrained by time, right? Mm -hmm. In in an expanded educational, you know, content on things like 9010, 85-15, 95-5, 70-30, 60-40, Specifically, the the split between the PUA uh, premium and the base whole life premium that needs to happen. There's no question. As well as universal life, as well as HELOCs and integrating, you know, your money and your cash flows, as well as retirement income. You know, so um, we go over these things all the time, day in and day out, and, and happily so. You know, I, I think part of my triggering comes whenever, you know, you get up every day and you're trying to advance the idea that you can become your own banker, right? It's a worthy goal. It's beneficial not only for me. Of course, it's beneficial for me. I'm a capitalist. I'm not going to do anything that's not beneficial for me. And I wouldn't want you to do anything that's not beneficial for you, right? So um, advancing this idea that you can become your own banker will make a difference in your life, your family's life, and prod- into the future that you yeah. won't even necessarily have the opportunity to meet. Yeah. Okay, so I believe it's a worthy goal, advancing the work of Nelson Nash. And then you have 
it's like a farmer. You know, you're producing food and producing all the, the product to, you know, feed the world. And you have weeds continually showing up and insects continually showing up. Is, is a good farmer going to avoid that and not touch it? Mm-hmm. Is a good farmer going to walk right past the weed? Is he going to let the insects damage his good work? Of course not. Mm. So, now, and I've said it many times, I'm not the police, I'm not the IBC police, and I'm not. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. But it's okay for me to point out the ditch when the blind is leading the blind and they're fixing <laughs> to fall into a ditch. You know, and, and I, I subscribe to know it's a challenge for me, I grant you that, that he used to say all the time, you know, accentuate the positive, decentuate the negative, and avoid Mr. In-Between. Yeah. And these things are either the negative or Mr. In-Between, right? So I'm, I'm still learning. Yeah, well, and proper classification, too. Oh, my you gosh. Gotta, I mean, you got to call like you see it. Yep. All right, so we're going to stop here, but we'll continue blowing it up in part two. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.